Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? Notice, they're not eating yet, but he had them walk it out in faith. He's going to show them. He's working on them because they still don't get it. He says, okay, here, do this. Watch what happens. And I love this because look at verse 43. And they, speaking of the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. How many apostles are there? There's 12. You didn't know you were going to have a math test today, too. How many baskets full? Twelve. What's Jesus showing them? When you serve the Lord, when you give Him all you have, when you step out in faith and you just simply do what Jesus asks you to do, your basket's going to be full. Do you understand? They hadn't eaten all day, remember? The disciples? They wanted to send them away. They were probably hungry, you know? They hadn't eaten. We see in that context, they weren't eating. They were distributing the food. But now Jesus says, I have food for you too. Twelve baskets left over. Each disciple had a basket of food. And this is what I love. You know, the most miserable Christians I've ever been around are those who do things for self. And it's always about self. And I have to tell you, I speak from my own experience. Because when you do things for self, and you don't even realize it sometimes, when you're doing things for self, you always lack something. But when you're truly in his will and you're doing things for your king and you're serving those around you, your basket is always full. I can't explain it. If you know, you know. But it's true. And I just love this. And then you might say, well, what about Jesus? He hasn't eaten. Where's his basket? And this is what I love. Remember in John chapter 4, when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well? He preaches to her and then the disciples are worried about him and they come to him and say, hey, You're hungry, you need to eat something. And this is what Jesus said in John 4, verse 32 through 34. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Again, these guys are just like us. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And then Jesus goes on to talk about the harvest and how that is what drives him. And this is the thing, you know, his food was spiritual in nature first before it was ever physical. Because everything Jesus did was spiritual in nature first. Over the physical, over the carnal. And when you think about what he had just done here in Mark chapter 6, that was quite a meal for Jesus, wasn't it? He shepherded these people who he had compassion, deep compassion for. He loved them so much. He taught his disciples, his apostles, this valuable lesson. He fed them all. After teaching them, after feeding them with the word, that's quite a meal for Jesus. And again, we know it was around 20,000 people, and here's why. Because it was around 5,000 men. 
It's not a sexist comment, I'll explain. Verse 44, now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. And that's literally men. Now this, this is a reference to the head of the household. When families were considered the normal thing, the biblical model is one man, one woman, create a family. And the man was to be the head of the household because he represented what Christ is for the church. It's God's plan. That's God's plan. And so when they're numbering them here, they're numbering the men. This doesn't include the wives and all the children. And so scholars, most scholars agree, this was up to 20,000 people, roughly. What's happened in our society now, though? They're tearing down everything that's godly, the godly foundations. They're tearing down everything that was declared in the book of Genesis. But it just tells us we're living in the days of Noah. And the thing about that is, I hate to say this, but this world's only going to get worse. That's what the scripture says. So how much more are our spiritual glasses needed now than ever before? Don't walk in the flesh. Don't look around your physical abilities and physical circumstances. Get your eyes on your king, look eternal, and put on your spiritual glasses. Because things are changing in this world. But know this, like I said, they were filled. There in verse 42, they were filled. But the Gospel of John tells us this. The crowd was still looking at the carnal too. They were, hey man, free buffet. Jesus is feeding us. You know what the men in John chapter 6, it says they wanted to do? They wanted to take Jesus, seize him, and make him king right then. It was all about politics for them. Oh, we got an election coming up. I better be careful. Here's the thing. Keep your priorities straight. Vote. Do whatever you're supposed to. Some people are called to run for office. Some people are called to serve in that way. Do whatever you're supposed to do and, and certainly vote. But keep your priorities straight. You know, here's the thing. Jesus, he told them, he rebuked He said, no, I'm, it's not my time. He took care of those guys. He sent them on their way. But they just wanted to seize him because all those people could do, those who had their bellies full, was think about the carnal. They wanted to make him king. Get rid of these pesky Romans. Get rid of this administration. And they were missing the forest for the trees. Don't get off track. Know what your first priority is. All those other things, do what you're supposed to do, but know your priorities. But we've seen this before. Watch this. Jesus is going to then send his disciples out on a boat. He sends the crowd away, and he sends his disciples, those apostles, out on a boat. And this time he's not going with them, though. Remember last time they sent him out on a boat? He went with them, and he had to teach them a lesson. He had to teach them a spiritual lesson. And they learned that he was commander of all nature, that he could command the water and the waves and the wind, that in one fell swoop in one statement, he could make all of nature obey him. And you would think they had learned their lesson. They were now going to walk in the spiritual, <laughs> but they're not. And so he has to teach them a familiar lesson. And yet it's different. Look at verse 45. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. Well, he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now uh, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. Understand, the wind came up and pushed them, it says, to the middle of the sea. So they're out there, and they're just doing everything they can. And they're alone, right? But together, but Jesus isn't in the boat this time. And so they can't go wake him up and yell at him. Remember how they did that? Are you going you, you gonna to let us drown out here, Jesus? Now what are they going to do? Oh, they're going to take it into their own hands. They're going to work in their own flesh, and they start rowing with all their might. That's what they're going to do here. And that's what any practical person does, right? 
just got to get the job done. But all they had to do, we notice here, Jesus saw them. Means he never kept his, he never took his eye off of them. All they would have had to do is what they'd done in the past, and that's cry out to him. He was just a call away. But no, they're going to row to their heart's content, and they're going to get exhausted doing this. And that's such a picture of us. But this is what I love. And also, this is so funny about Jesus. Did you notice this? It says he's walking on the water. He's walking on the water of the Sea of Galilee. And it says he's going to walk as though to walk by. (laughs) It's like he's just walking, whistling. (whistles) Hey, guys. (laughs) I just love that. See, I get tickled by this stuff. But um, that's hilarious to me. But then we read in in the language what really is going on is that he's walking by because he wants to give them the choice. You know, Jesus does that for you and me in our situation. You know, he'll, he'll let you learn as much as you want to learn. As I often say, he'll make it as easy on you as you let him. But he'll walk on by. He's a gentleman. But you have to ask him into your situation. You have to ask him into your life. That's who he is. But the desire there in the language is that he, that's what he wanted. He wanted his apostles to just call out to him. But this is what I love too. He kept them in his sight the whole time. And don't you know that's the same thing for you and me? Sometimes when we feel abandoned by God, he's just got his eye on you. Just call out to him. And you know, many times in our own efforts, you know, the fourth watch is the last watch of the night. Do you understand? That's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. He waited till the fourth watch. <laughs> Have you ever felt that way? You know, in your own life? Where you just finally get exhausted, it's the fourth watch, and then Jesus shows up. Because you finally call out to him. This is what we do. But look at this in verse 49 and 50. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. A couple things. You know, I was reading a commentary and then I heard a pastor talking about this in the first century. And earlier than that and even after that, they had a legend that if you're out to sea and you're getting ready to die, that an apparition, a ghost, would come to greet you. And so understand what's going on here. These guys, they think they're about to die again out on the water, and they see a ghost, quote-unquote, coming at them. So they panic. But we also read in, in the Gospel of John that they cried out to him that they welcomed him into the boat. They willingly received Jesus into the boat. And I love that, but I also love this. Jesus says, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. He would say that to every one of us. Don't be afraid. But also notice this, where it says, it is I, ego of me. That's the I am statement. You know, this is one of the most beautiful and amazing things for every one of us as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, of of Yeshua. He is the I am. He is the creator of the universe. He controls all nature. He controls all things. He has eternity already written. You can trust him. Call out to him and trust him. Be of good cheer. But I love that. And we know there's more to the story here. I won't go into all that, but um, I think it's, it's great because in Mark, we don't see how Peter, remember in another gospel we read, Matthew, Peter gets out of the boat and actually walks on water. The only other man besides Jesus to walk on water that wasn't frozen. He walked on the waves. He walked on the water just like Jesus. But remember, in the introduction to Mark, I told you who the, the, uh, the person who actually inspired this gospel, of course, was the Holy Spirit. But it was Peter. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.